I'm Ryan Rogers. You're listening to Speak, Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 7 through 9. Now when the Philistines heard that the people of Israel had gathered at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel, and when the people of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the people of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, that he may save us from the hands of the Philistines. So Samuel took a nursing lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. In this story, when the people of Israel are terrified, they go to their leader and ask their leader to do something about their problem. And what do they ask their leader to do? They ask him to cry out to the Lord for them. Not because that was the only thing he could do, but because it was the most effective thing he could do. This request of the people of Israel encourages me in the ministry of intercessory prayer. If you're someone who prays for others, I want to encourage you. You are doing the most meaningful thing you could do for them. Or maybe you're someone who doesn't pray for others, or you do, but only occasionally, and you haven't engaged in intercessory prayer as a regular spiritual practice. So I want to encourage you too. In this story of Samuel, we see something of how much people appreciate when we pray for them. So you can really serve people by praying for them. What strikes me about this story from 1 Samuel 7 is that the Israelites weren't overly spiritual. In fact, they were kind of a group of people who stopped praying. And under the leadership of Samuel, they had just returned to the Lord. So chapter 7, verse 3 through verse 6. And Samuel said to all the house of Israel, If you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, then put away foreign gods and the Ashtaroths that are among you, and direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the people of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtaroths, and they served the Lord. So this is a really good direction for them to be turning. But notice, they were idol worshipers. So we should picture them as those people in our lives who we would say, they're not into God. They're not interested in prayer. And these are the people who are turning to Samuel and saying, pray to the God of heaven for us. And notice what happens once they make this commitment to put away their idols. Verse 5 and 6 says, then Samuel said, gather all Israel at Mizpah and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the people of Israel at Mizpah. So here are people who have not been close to God, but Samuel is praying for them and they like it. When trouble comes, their first response is, Hey Samuel, pray for us. Cry out to the Lord for us. Now, they could have cried out to the Lord themselves, and they probably were, but they really wanted Samuel to cry out to the Lord for them. I haven't gone through the book of 1 Samuel and counted how many times the people come to Samuel for prayer, but I did notice in some other study that it happens in chapter 12. So the people ask for a king. They weren't supposed to do this. God was their king, and God says, hey, you can give him a king. He tells Samuel that but warn them of all the things a king will do. 
And then Samuel does that. They get a king. And then in chapter 12, Samuel gives a farewell speech, and he reminds them that they have sinned in asking for a king. And the people are convicted. And in verse 19, it says, And the people said to Samuel, Pray for your servants to the Lord your God, that we may not die. For we have added to all our sins this evil to ask for ourselves a king. So here we see again people who have acted wickedly, and they're confessing it. They're admitting we were evil in asking for a king. But their response is to come to Samuel, this righteous man, and say, pray for us. See, it means something to people that we're praying for them. There are a few people who are offended by the thought that we're praying for them, and if you tell them you're praying for them, they don't appreciate that. But most people will appreciate, even if they're not believers, even if they don't pray themselves, most people will appreciate that you are praying to God for them. I have a friend who texts me several times a week, and the texts are always the same three words, praying for you. And when I get that text, it means something to me. I know that my friend is praying for me. I don't always respond to the text. My friend doesn't always know how much that means to me. But there is a certain peace and courage that I take into my day with whatever struggles I might be facing, knowing that I have friends who are praying for me. See, prayer makes a difference. And the biggest difference is not what it means to people, but that there are actually spiritual realities that when we pray, things happen in the spiritual realm. God does things. So prayer makes a difference in that way. But it also makes a difference simply in the fact that it means something to people to know that we're praying for them. It's a way of serving people that's accessible to all of us. It's free. When you think of all the other ways you could serve someone, like helping them out with a project around their house that they haven't been able to get done, or taking time to teach them something that they need to learn, or visiting them when they're lonely, or giving them money, or giving them other things that they might need. These are all great ways to serve someone. But the most powerful way happens to be free and accessible to all of us. When we serve others in prayer, we don't have to leave our house. We don't have to open our wallet. We don't have to spend hours. We are serving them simply by crying out to the Lord for them. And maybe as we cry out to the Lord for them, God will impress us to do some of those other things too. Those are good. I just don't want to overlook that prayer in itself is a way of serving people. I got a phone call today from someone who had a problem I could not solve. So I did the two things I could do. I listened and I prayed. And from their response, I knew that that prayer was not just a formality it wasn't just a way of saying, hey, I can't do anything and I'm not going to bother to spend the time to figure it out. So let me just have a prayer for you. They knew that that prayer meant something. They felt it. They appreciated it. It was a real service to them. When I'm listening for the emotions in the text, when I read 1 Samuel chapter 7 and the Israelites say, cry out to the Lord for us, I hear desperation. I hear them expressing that they really desperately want this man of God to pray on their behalf. And it challenges me to think of those people in my life who I might not consider religious, they might not be prayers themselves, but they're desperate to 
to have a believer lift them up in prayer. And hey, maybe you don't offer to pray for people because it's weird. It's a little awkward. Or you think maybe they wouldn't want it or that they would consider it a meaningless formality. Or maybe you're afraid that they would consider it just a religious person's way of avoiding the real service and doing the hard things and we'll just pray for you instead. I challenge you to not listen to those voices that might caution you against offering prayer. If there's someone in your life who's struggling, pray for them. Pray for them when you're by yourself and tell them about it. Say, I'm praying for you. Offer to pray with them. And if you make a practice of doing this, there will be a few people who don't appreciate it. But for most people, they will receive it as a way of you serving them. And you may be surprised just how desperately they were wanting for someone to cry out to God for them. Prayer is not just a formality or a sweet religious gesture. Things happen when we pray. And when we pray for others, we are serving them. How is God speaking to you? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Speak, Lord. Over the summer, we're going to be doing something just a little bit different. I've been having conversations with some people about steps to Christ. These are some of those steps we can take for a deeper walk with Christ. And we've been going through the chapters of a book called Steps to Christ. And I'm going to bring some of those conversations to you on the Speak Lord podcast. So you can look for those coming up real soon. There will be 13 of these episodes following the 13 chapters of the book Steps to Christ. And my hope in doing this is that we will all take steps to Christ, that we're going to walk closer with him. And I hope that's what happens in your spiritual life as you keep listening through the summer. Thank you so much.